The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this week's edition of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com is one of the coolest new ways to play fantasy sports. You get to draft against you know, three, five, ten-man competitions. There's new drafts starting every five minutes. Your chances of winning on draft are over 80% better than on salary cap sites. That's why you need to try draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than one million people have already downloaded draft. You can play in real life NBA, NFL. They have NHL. PGA is a great one. They have MLB. They have them all. It keeps getting better, better, and better. Drafts usually finish in under five minutes. You get paid the next day. The event finishes, but they're fi- and they're filling fast. Every second, drafts are filling. They have them up until your game. Games begin. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, and you have to use the promo code SD Sports. All one word, SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering a money back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. back everybody to another edition of benched with bubba episode 69 gonna talk some fantasy baseball with a good friend of ours we've had him a couple times we were chatting right before the the pod started unfortunately we won't have game of thrones chat until 2019 which is a shame but you can check him out on twitter at ctm baseball he has his own website ctmbaseball.com great content there as always and he's on fntsy radio covering all things fantasy sports matt modica how we doing my friend I'm doing good tonight. Uh, thanks for having me once again. Uh, it's always fun coming on here. Yeah, the Game of Thrones uh, episode was excellent. Really enjoyed that. And look, you know, we talked uh, talked Super Bowl today, but tomorrow fantasy baseball is here. 
Yep, we are locked and loaded on fantasy baseball, and you are one of my pitching gurus. And I tell people all the time on a lot of my pods, if you're not following Matt and you do fantasy sports or you just like baseball in general, you're doing it wrong because he tweets out nuggets of stats that make you really think, and it's, it's really, really awesome stuff. So please go check him out if you aren't for some weird reason and you're listening to me. I don't know why. But uh, let's get into some starting pitchers. You do a ton of NFBC, and you do a ton of drafting, period. But you're, you're, you're big in the NFBC. Um, first off, I just want to ask you a question. Do you like the draft and hold format, like with no trades and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I do like it. It's kind of like the best ball version for uh, fantasy football. I usually start doing the first one around Thanksgiving weekend. This year we started a week earlier. And you do – look, it's different from when we go live in March and that and those drafts. But it definitely you, – you, you have the player pool. You kind of know where guys are going. And the one thing I always do is in the NFBC, uh, guys that want once – you, once March comes, you got to go get them. I don't care if they've been pretty much seventh-round guy all you know, pre- draft season long. They're going to move up at least a round, sometimes two. Guys are not shy – I mean, ADP is just a nice little guide. Uh, but if you have the facts to back up while you like that guy, you got to go get him. Yeah, totally agree. Um, are you going to be going to Vegas again, maybe teaming up with Mr. Vlad Sedler once again? Yes, I will be going to uh, Vegas that second weekend. Vlad is actually teaming up with Rob Silver in the Platinum League. That's, uh, you know, I, I'm doing a couple of big leagues, but that's the primo big one. Uh, those two guys are going to take that down. But when we get back from Vegas, the Tuesday night before the season starts, me and Vlad will be teaming up once again in a main event. Last year we did an online championship. I think we finished 17th overall. We were kind of up there one or two for a good part of the summer. And, you know, we've had some success in that. Even in football this year we did very well. So trying to keep that streak alive. Yeah, Vlad's Vlad's one of the best as well. Awesome guy, mm-hmm. knows his stuff. So it's fun watching you guys team up and when you guys tweet out your little your draft like analysis and you get a whole <laughs> repertoire of it. It's a lot of good stuff. But um, let's get into these starting pitchers. We have got a lot to go over. We'll start with the big four, the usual suspects. You got Clayton Kershaw. People are sketchy about his back. I'm one of them. But then you got Mad Max, Chris Sale, and Corey Kluber. These four guys going basically 13th or higher in most NFBC drafts right now. How do you differentiate yourself on those four? Look, I mean, Kershaw is the GOAT, uh, all things being equal. But coming off of those consecutive back injury seasons, and look, last year he got 175. Mm -hmm. And if I knew going into a draft I was guaranteed 175, I'd have a hard time not taking him, you know, from anywhere from, like, say, fifth on. I was a proponent taking him number one overall. And last year, look, even missing time, he still delivered first round value, so it, it wasn't a loss. But I, I'm with you. I'm uh, I'm suspect on that. You know, two back to back years. You know, why won't it happen a third time? I know he's entering the season healthy, and I think he is the uh, for Steamer. He's projected to be the innings leader this year, and Steamer's pretty conservative. But I guess going into the year, he's not hurt. I'm not going to, you know, kill anybody for taking him where he's going, but I think his ADP is like fifth, and that's a bit too rich for me right now. I do like other – if I'm picking fifth, I should have a shot come that third round right now, but probably change come March 
But right now, a shot at one of the other pitchers we're going to talk about later. So I won't spoil that. But, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I just did a mock draft, a 15-teamer, for this great fantasy baseball invitational Justin Mason's putting together. And I had the, the turn. I had 15. And I went Kluber sale back-to-back. And I've seen a couple other guys trying that. Have you thought about that philosophy and how it could turn out? Or are you just like, no, give me one of them and I'll build elsewhere? No, what's kind of funny is I've been doing that the last couple of years. This year I've been picking late to uh, start this draft season off. And I, you really do love those first two picks. But then you're pretty much relying on if you're comfortable. Look, I've been, an, I've been promoting Aaron Nola. I've been on this bandwagon. I mean, I, I can go Aaron Nola, Carlos Martinez, or start Aaron Nola, Garrett Cole. I mean, I was drafting Garrett Cole before he got traded to the Astros. I knew he was getting traded. But I think Cole's a guy who we'll touch on later as well. It, de- it depends on how you're, how you're willing and how comfortable you are to set up your pitching. I think that's one of the biggest things you'll learn when you get into the NFBC. The fact that there's no trading, there's no, uh, you know, not having that, you don't you have that opportunity to trade a for a pitcher so you know there is few elites and it does give you a, a leg up uh especially in this current landscape yeah and, and you mentioned this current landscape and that's kind of why I'm, I'm kind of looking in that direction because after those big four you know you got strasburg and bumgarner they kind of have their own little tier according to adps and then mm-hmm. it drops to this really awesome range if you can make it work but you have severino center guard de grom carrasco and verlander Five really good pitchers that most teams would not have a problem starting with at all. Um, oh, no. yeah. What are you looking at? What are you looking at there? Because obviously, if you don't get one of the tops, you're picking one of these guys. Well, it, it, honestly, right now when I, when I think about it, if I can get, I mean, I'm I'm gonna put my KDS, which is you know Kentucky style draft pick, for number one every time. I want Trout. Look what Trout did in 114 games last year. I think he had 402 at-bats. Him and Barry Bonds, the only players, to hit 30 homers still, over 30 bases, I mean over 20 bases, excuse me, in, you know, 402 bats, at-bats or less. That's pretty insane. That's so crazy. I want Trout. And if you get Trout, what it sets you up is you have a good shot. If you want to double up on pitching, guys I love, DeGrom and Carrasco, right there, that's, that's my dream start, to be honest with you. But in my biggest league, what I did learn so far is the pitching has pushes up. And I, I, I'll tell you, I know people say they, they don't draft differently depending upon money. And it, it'll, maybe some people won't, but other people will. And I've seen the pitching that was, say, early third, mid-third. Those guys are end of the second right at the beginning of the third. So you're not getting uh, DeGrom or Carrasco in the middle of the third anymore, you know, as certain things change. So all things being equal right now, if I had the choice, it would be one of the top picks and then get that two, three turn or right around there because I could nab at least one of those guys, if not both. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like that idea because you get the trout up top and then you can throw in that combo there. That just really sets you up for something nice. I, I'd probably prefer that over the uh, back end we talked about already. I'm um, looking at a kid like Luis Severino who had an outstanding like, first full season in baseball, he's been extended. Do you have any concerns about him? Or are you looking to kind of, if you had to, I know you like DeGrom and Carrasco in that range. What are your thoughts on Severino? He's honestly right there with them. I would take Carrasco or DeGrom ahead of him just because they have a little more of a track record. But he was one of the most consistent pitchers last season. 
he had like a 304, 305 exit the first half pre All Star break, and like a you know a 307 or 304 in the second half. The kid was outright consistent. Also, you know, when you when you can get a 30 uh, percent strikeout rate and com- and combine that with a 50 percent ground ball, that's what I look for. I mean, that is elite. I know the playoffs he stumbled. But, look, he, he took the work. I'm not concerned about his workload this year. Last season, I mean, obviously he got into the playoffs. It wasn't ideal. I'm not worried about it. I'd be fine starting off with him as my ace. He's on a very good team as well. So, yeah, give me Severino. He's in there. He's in my top ten. I, you can go – for me, it's more preference between the Gom, Carrasco, and Severino. I'll take those two over him, though. Yeah, and I, I can't blame you there. The one last guy I do want to ask about, because we already kind of hit on Kershaw's injury history – you got Noah Syndergaard, who, you know, maybe it's not a history history, but he's coming off a rough year when it comes to the injury bug. And a lot of people, it's either you're all in on Thor or you're staying away on Thor. Without going too deep, what are your thoughts on him this year? Can he be that ace we all hope he can be? Or are people just reaching here? Look, it's it's how many innings is he going to pitch? That's the question. I had the fear last year, and the range of outcomes for Syndergaard is – NL Cy Young Award, or his arm explodes and, you know, he's done for the year and he's getting some kind of surgery, Tommy John or whatever. So, I mean, hopefully we saw him pitch, I don't know, like three innings at the end of the year. He had, he had like two appearances. That is kind of a thing. I don't blame people if you ha- if, 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 you, if you take the shot on him. I want to have one or two shares of him. That's about it. I, I can't put the exposure too high. Because, you know, for, for all the reasons I said, I have him as my 10th starting pitcher right now. And that's only because I honestly don't know where to rank the guy. I'm just going to be – I don't know how many innings he's going to get. I, I just – I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. So that's why I put him at 10. I really don't know where to put him. Yeah, it's one of those things. You can take your gambles elsewhere. When you have Severino, DeGrom, Carrasco surrounding him, why take the gamble there per se? So Definitely. Let's drop down a little farther um, as we're just using the ADP kind of as our gauge tonight. Um, a guy like Robbie Ray, big-time strikeout swing and miss stuff. We saw that last year. But the whip can be a concern. That's, you know, the control issues. He has those games where he walks the farm. He pitched really well in chase for the most part, even though mm-hmm. it's a very good hitter's, pitchers, or hitter's park. The humidor is supposed to be coming in, which should help a ton. Robbie Ray, is he a guy that you could see – even taking maybe that next step, not Severino-like, but he could be really good or was last year kind of an anomaly? No, I think he made a couple of excellent points about how he did – a lot of people don't realize he did pitch well in that ballpark. And if that humidor does go into effect, that is going to change that park and it's going to have a drastic effect on it. But if you're taking Robbie Ray, I want you to have expectations of a mid-350s. I think that's the more realistic approach. Could he repeat Nick, uh, what he did last season? In a perfect storm, if he does, you know, if everything taking that next step and all comes to fruition, yes. But for me, my expectations is a 350 pitcher, which is not bad. If he's 350 and 360, look, in 160 and like 175 innings, the last two years, he's, he's nailed 218 strikeouts consecutively. So that's elite. Uh, so if he's your one or if he's your two, that's even better. But if he's your one, and you can get like, uh, you know, maybe pair him with a Granky, or even later on somebody else, maybe a Garrett Cole, a Dallas Keuchel type. I'm willing to do that. I don't have any race shares. I am a little concerned because I, I mean, look, I don't see him 
repeating a sub three ERA. Uh, to me, it's got to go. I might be more interested if that humidor goes in effect, though. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like last year they were supposed to bring it in halfway, and then they got smart and said that doesn't make sense. And now they're like, okay, we'll start the year with it, and that's still not even now. It's, they're wavering on that already. So it we don't sounds even, like what they're know. looking to do is it's dependent upon if they were to sign a hitter or if they get a pitcher. <laughs> and that's what it seemed like. Home right field now. advantage. Yeah, I, it seems a little odd that we're at February fifth, and and this decision hasn't been made. We thought it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about the you know secret weapon that the Angels picked up this year in Shohei Otani. This guy's supposed to have Cy Young stuff, given we've only seen him in Japan, but he's young. Elbow issues may concern some. I know you have shares of him. I've seen you tweet it out. What are your what's your take on Otani? Because if the stuff translates, he looks amazing. Yeah, the thing is, I have first one of the first drafts I did. I got him in the seventh round. That's no longer the case. That's one of the good things about drafting in November, early December. Now he's more of that fourth round. I mean, I've seen him go late in the third. So he's gone that high. It's intriguing because, one, I think this kid has the mental makeup to really do it. He's He gave up a lot of money off the bat by coming in a year earlier. But he'll make all that up in, you know, uh, whatever he's got to do, ads and all that kind of revenue. So I'm not worried about that. But he's got the mental makeup. Also, the Japanese pitchers in that first season really seemed to dominate. My thing is, I want him as my number three. If he's your three, because I'm going to realistically, I'm banking on 140 innings. 160 is my max. I hear people saying 180. I, I, I don't see it. That means he's getting 30 starts. He's averaging six innings. I think that's asking a lot. They're talking about a six-man rotation. I don't think they'll go a whole season with that first look. That, ro- that rotation right now isn't deep enough. I'd love to see you, Darvish, end up there. If not a Darvish, I'm not an Arietta guy this year. I'm staying away. But if Arietta was to go anyplace, I think that Anaheim would be a perfect spot for him. Yeah, it would be a great landing spot, and I completely agree. I want nothing to do with Arietta. And maybe you know, there's another guy we're going to talk about later that was on the Cubs or is on the Cubs as well that I'm kind of timid on. But, um, yeah, Otani – He's going too high for me now because, like you said, as everyone's projecting 160 plus, I just don't see it. They're going to really handle him with kids' gloves this first year, I think, unless you know something weird happens. Yeah, he should be playing the field. And look, I I could see that first year, especially as I mentioned, I got him in that in the uh, in in that first draft I did, and then I took him in uh, the Rotowire Dynasty invitation that uh, James Anderson set up. So for me, I pick 43. How do I not take this kid? Because if he is the Japanese Babe Ruth where he can hit and pitch and he's 23 years old, you know, first off, I'm really not a dynasty guy. I'm playing in this 20-man league mm-hmm. with people that are like diehard dynasties. So it was interesting. I tried to, I tried to, you know, play for now and get some prospects. We'll see how I did in that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that's a whole other story, but that was a pretty cool thing to see you guys put that all together and uh, see everyone's different philosophies on it because – Intro dynasty drafts can be very, very interesting to see how those all pan out. Um, one last question on Otani. Sites are having issues, or not having issues, but all trying to decide on how to utilize him. Like CBS just came out. He's a DH and a pitcher. But I play a lot of weekly leagues. I'm assuming uh, you do too. I'm not 100% there. but yeah, um, So you have to basically go into the week determining, do I want one start out of him because he's not going to do two starts most weeks, or do I use him for his three to four days he hits? Um, what's your philosophy on the? I'm assuming you're going to use him as a pitcher. Yeah, entering this season, I am drafting him for his pitching. 
not first inning. I mean, maybe he surprises us, and he, he just is this good. He's just, you know, just this phenom that we haven't seen, you know, changes baseball and all that. I think, he, I think I'll have more trouble adjusting to hitting than he will with the pitching. So my mindset is if I'm drafting him, I'm drafting him as a pitcher. Would love to get 150 innings. And in all honesty, the way the way pitching, the starting pitcher market is right now, we get 150 innings. That's fine. As long as he's not your ace, I mean, you can even finagle it as your two. I want it as my three. But 150 innings, it's different than a couple of years back. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's talk about a guy we were both extremely high on going into last year, and his overall numbers turned out to be very, very good. But, man, the injuries throughout the season where you think you're going to get this run with him, and then it took him a few games to get back in the zone and so on and so forth. I'm talking James Paxton, who he was actually, if you look at his overall numbers, almost better in the second half, but it was a very hard second half to deal with him. Um, do you think he's good to go this year, or are we still worried about the injuries? I think you still have to be worried. And I don't have any shares of him yet, and I'm not saying I won't end up with it. It's just one of those other things. I mean, has he he's never pitched 150 innings on the major league level. I know two years ago, between minors and majors, he had like 171 or something like that. And I I will have some exposures. And there's another guy. It's like, you know, limited shares because I think Vlad tweeted out maybe a week or two ago, if he pitches 190 innings, he could be Cy Young. Yeah, I agree with that. The yeah. odds of that happening are just so slim. And if he's my, you know, as long as he's not your ace, I get it. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to buy if he's in that fifth round range. You know, look, he's going around Otani and stuff. So to me, you know, for Otani and him, you're looking at the same innings, you know. So Pat Paxton has at least proven it on the on the major league level. Yeah, you got Otani at about 75, Paxton about 77. But Paxton's sandwiched between Quintana and Dallas Keuchel. Uh, do you feel you'd rather have one of those two, or would you rather just roll the dice on Paxton there? Uh, I would probably take a shot on Paxton, but the whole thing is it's how I started my rotation. I mean, people True. need to understand rotation, construction, like even just building your roster. Where you're picking in the draft is going to dictate your pretty much how you're going to set things up, and you have to have an idea. As long as you know where you're picking, you have to go in with a conscious mindset of, look, these are guys that are going to be available. If I take – if I take this guy from picking up the turn for say, how you're setting up your team, you know certain guys aren't going to be available. So is Aaron Nola the guy you want to start with? I've done it. I'm fine with it. I, I think he's ready. You know, whatever. He had circa 170 innings. I think the 19200 is coming this year. I mean, it's no guarantee, but I'm willing to place that bet. So, yeah, it, it, it will depend. Sometimes I would go Paxton if I – Keiko, I like as well, but a, a guy who I think is right there with these guys is Garrett Cole. So when we get to him, I can touch on that. No, that's where we're going right now. Garrett Cole, you know, got traded. Uh, could it's a much better team now for him to pitch at. He uh, had 203 innings last year, which to some that may not sound like much. I mean, you're not paying attention. He's gone over 200 innings two of the last three years, and 200 innings these days doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. So a workhorse like that that you can get potentially, you know, pick 90 or so in a draft is pretty darn outstanding. I know you're big on him. I know you've made some really interesting comparisons to some elite pitchers with him. What is your take on Garrett Cole? I, I, as you said it correctly, 200 innings, two out of the last three years. That this doesn't happen now. This, he's only going to be 27 years old. He's been around forever. 
You know, we're expecting him to be this elite pitcher. I'm not sure he gets to that, but I think he could be a damn good pitcher. And the home run ball killed him early last year, that first half. He got better in the second half. Uh, yes, he did pitch in PNC Park. Uh, Derek Cardi made a really – he hammered home the point on Twitter about, you know, the strikeout percentage should really go up here in Minute Maid Park. And everybody thinks it's a hitter's park, but it, it does suppress runs. The strike It's better for strikeout percentage because of altitude is what, I'm, what, is what I've been told. But versus PNC Park, which doesn't offer that. I know you get the you get the DH, but he is going to have uh, at least since the NL West versus going to the Yankees, where it would have been the AL East. This is a guy that one thing I like is you saw last season the fastball, which he has a what mid nineties. It's a little too straight, but the fastball percentage has gone down, and I think we see that with pitchers and as they improve. When the fastball percentage, I think last season for him might have been 60%, which was a career low, and I expect it to go even further south and use some of those secondary pitches. I, I think we'll see even more swing and miss, and I'm, I'm on board with this. He's playing on the best team in baseball now, and before that, this is a guy I like. Look what he did in that second half. If you look at the second half skills, eerily similar to 2015, where, which was a breakout season for him. Unfortunately, 2016 uh, was injuries and just poor performance all around. But he, he bounced back this year, okay? He didn't give you the ERA. ERA is not the leading indicator. We we know that now. There's so much to like here. Look at the strikeout percentage. The kid's got good stuff, 27 years old. I'm, I think right now where he's going. I've, I've started a couple of drafts, uh, Cole and Castillo. Oh, I love that combo. That's 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 pretty nice right there. Um, and one more thing with Cole, as you mentioned, he might go away from his fastball even more. We got to remember, I'm not remembering who the pitching coaches in Houston, but we look at McCullers throwing so many curveballs. Now you got Morton with the moving sinker and sliders that he's using. Peacock even he's he's utilizing pitches with guys to get away from the fastball and the swinging strike rates. Mm-hmm. We saw just grow so much in Houston. So uh, excellent that- point on those three guys. Excellent point there on uh, those three. But and if you add in Colin McHugh. And with his curveball and stuff. I mean, I watched Colin McHugh with the Mets. And I remember when he went to Houston and he had those first couple of starts. I, I just didn't buy in because I was like, I've seen this guy. This ain't going to last. And so what they've been able to do in Houston, it has been, you know, they transformed some of these pitchers. So if you got a guy with Cole's talent level, repertoire, Charlie Morton. I mean, look what the hell Charlie Morton did last year. That was a Out of fantastic season. So, yeah, I'm I'm just all in. I'm drinking the cold Kool-Aid. I'm on the cold train, whatever you want to say. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's go to some other pitchers a little farther down the list. I'm going to start us off with Alex Wood, a guy that literally the tail of two halves, dominated the first half, you know, one six seven ERA, 80 innings pitched. Um, he only had two homers in the first half. Second half, 3-8-90 ERA, 13 home runs. He definitely scuffled in the second half, battled some injuries. I – want to stay away from Wood. Is there a reason to like Alex Wood this year? Uh, if the price keeps going down, then, you know, maybe I'll get some shares. Currently, I have zero. I'm avoiding him at current cost. The thing is, as you said, he, he dealt with some issues. This is a guy that's been injury prone, so we know this. But you see how the, how the fastball velocity just dipped. I mean, that second half, it, it's telling, is it a precursor to an injury? Uh, last season, I drafted him in the NFBC in New York. That's the first weekend. And in like the 20th round or something like that. And 
I stood by it. I went on the radio and I said, look, even if he doesn't have the roster spot, uh, uh, excuse me, have, have the rotation spot to start the season, keep him on your bench. That's how much I believed in him. It played out. This year, unless – this is how it will change. If when uh, when when uh, camp opens up in a week or so and, you know, the game start and the velocity is back, I'm going to have a different take on Alex Wood. This is a guy – this is what spring training is for me. I do need to see this velocity. I do need to see him on the mound. So as of now, I'm avoiding, but subject to change to uh, see what happens in spring training. No, that's a good point with spring training. Um, there's a lot of good indicators you can get there. And obviously people need to start out with kid gloves because they're working on things early on. But when you get closer to game time, then you're going to see what they really have. So that's a good point on the Alex Wood. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about Rotoware. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it. They're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. The no other brand can compete with Rotoware in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. There's over 30 different designs right now. It's just crazy, all the stuff they have coming out. And there's more and more stu- stuff every time you turn your head. They have fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, some really cool DFS ones. But everything's great. They have men's, women's, and kids. Check them all out. Go to rotoware.com, R-O-T-O-W-E-A-R.com. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Rotoware. But the cool part, guys, if you use the promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. Let's talk about three youngsters that you mentioned one already in Luis Castillo who everyone's pretty high on and rightfully so he threw a bunch of I got 170 innings or something last year looks phenomenal everything's pointing in the right direction for him you have Luke Weaver came on pretty strong in the second half and he was called upon you know Jose Barrios big time prospect up and down success in the bigs but last year overall was his best season he's had these guys are all going about the same time I'm pretty sure you're going to want Castillo first but can you give a little bit of differentiation on the two and if the others are even worth the stab or not yeah, look, all three are just really intriguing. Um, I didn't think I would be this high on Castillo. I was trying not to – I was trying to fight it. But, you know, when you have that ground ball percentage, it's like Severino the year before. When you have uh, – with Severino did last year. When you have that ground ball percentage, the strikeout percentage, you combine that, that changeup became just an insane weapon for him. It, it really did. It was crazy good in that second half. So – and I look – if you if you combine the minors and the majors, the innings were there for him. So it's not that I think the Reds are going to treat him with kid gloves. They let him pitch late in the season. I think he went like eight innings in one of his last starts. So they're not babying him, so I kind of like that. Here's the thing with Berrios. I think Berrios is going to be a stud at some point. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. Uh, you look at the home road splits, they were stark. I mean, at home – Versus the road, it's a totally different guy. He's much more dominated at uh, target field. Another place I'd love to see, like, a U Darvish end up. I mean, it's yeah. exactly what the Twins need. They need that that type of pitcher, that power pitcher, and stuff like that, and he'd play well in that park. But uh, for Berrios, 
maybe it all happens this year. And I don't want to be shut out of Berrios. Like I said, when I say exposure, if you're playing in one league or just two leagues, just get the guys. But when I say I'm going to be diversified, I'll give the example in fantasy football. It was this season, Julio Jones and Odell Beckham. I I would split I would split them. You know, maybe I had a little more Julio or whatever. But you know, I so have a tier. If they're right in the tier, if if you're in seven drafts, don't take Castillo seven times. You know, get a cup, get one or two Barrios, throw in a Weaver as well. And so for Barrios, you know, I, I put it up on my website if you want to read it, go over CTM baseball. I just what I like to do on that site is just put up show people and let them make their own decisions. I don't wanna I don't think you should be just uh, believing what anything that one person says. You know, some people you like, take it in and say, why does this matter? Why does that matter? And, and go from there. So Berrios, to me, I think he goes a little high. I get it right now. Given the choice between him, Castillo, and Weaver, I'm going to go Castillo first. I might go Berrios second. It's kind of tough. I really like – I thought I'd be the high guy on Weaver of the three – there's just some, I don't know, maybe it's just a gut kind of thing. I'm just a little hesitant on Weaver. I'm not going to be shut out on him as well. I'll, I'll put him in somewhere. But Weaver went from the 10th round in uh, November, early December, to him and Castillo and now six rounders. Him yeah, exactly. Castillo and Castillo and Berrios. So you're going to have to make a decision there. I do like the Cardinals. So I think that team will be uh, vastly improved this year. They know how to handle young pitchers. So that's a plus on his side. So, I mean, I get it with all three. Castillo's my main guy. I'll split him on uh, Berrios and Weaver. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I go Castillo, Berrios, Weaver as well. Uh, Weaver, I like him a lot, but he's one of those helium guys that mm-hmm. it's almost out of my range now. Like Castillo, I could still get behind from what I saw. And like you said, I could see Weaver doing that. He has the stuff and everything to do it. It's just it's harder to get behind if, for if that makes any sense. So, it no, is. No, I, I hear you. Like I said, I didn't think I would – I thought I, I I didn't want to get on this, you know. They're all helium hurlers, all three oh, of them. Yeah. And I really didn't want to be this uh, in on Castillo. I didn't think I was going to be that guy. But, look, when you do the research and it's just, you know, slapping you in the face what this guy's done, it's, it's hard not to – and. You got to look at what the difference was in the minor leagues. He wasn't throwing all these ground balls. He was more of a fly ball guy, but the changeup changed everything between the the swing and miss stuff, the ground balls. So that's another thing you got to look for players, whether it's hitters, pitchers. If they change the pitch, they change their stance, launch angle for hitters, whatever. If there's something to support that, you got to take that serious. No doubt about it. Let's move on to two left-handed veteran arms here. Uh, we got Johnny Lester, who was the model of consistency until last year. Still got you 180 innings, but it was a rocky 180 innings with John Lester. Uh, maybe age is finally catching up with him. We don't know. But then you got Rich Hill, who had a pretty darn good year. The, the 10-day DL abuse was a little rough at times with Rich Hill, but he's still 135 innings, pretty strong in the second half. Going about the same time in drafts right now, do you have a preference on one of these two? Look, I, I Rich Hill went on the mound. He delivers. It's only going to be five, six innings, whatever. But, you know, if he's going to get you that high volume of strikeouts in giving that, you know, uh, it pays off. Like you said, the numbers are there when he pitches. For me, I want more Lester. And I get the fact that people say, you know what, the, the velo is down, which it was. Uh, 
could this be the collapse season? All these innings on his arm. I'm 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 going in one more. The 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 price currently is just too good for me. Uh, him, I, I don't have any Cueto yet, but I do want to get some Cueto. These veteran guys, they know how to pitch. He, you know, even with the velo going down, he's still gonna be crafty. If you put the over under on a four ERA, I'm gonna take the under. I, I I think this guy will figure it out. I'm not saying it's gonna be uh, for me. It's more of a 370, 380ish ERA, which is fine. If he's your third, fourth pitcher, and he's giving you 180 plus innings with an ERA under four. And delivering 180 strikeouts as well. The Cubs defense should be uh, very good once again. I, I don't know what they're doing with Schwaber out there and left, but from what I heard, he's getting in really good shape. I think he's a guy you, you should go back in on currently where he's going, like the 13th round. He's a better hitter than a 230 guy, and that 40 home run power is real. Yeah, no, Schwaber, he's he's looking good. You know, the whole best shape of their life theory coming on right now, but uh, he looks great. Like you said, the kid can rake. So I think he had is a lot that, of things go, going on between yeah. his years last year. Yeah, no, like I said, he's young. He's young. But yeah. if, I, I mean, if I had one draft I was doing, I would I would go with Lester and the Cubs because I'm more confident in getting those innings. And even if it's closer to a four, I think it's still closer to 200. So I'd go with him. But Hill, it's, you, you know what you're getting with him. You know you're not getting a, a ton of innings when you do get him. You know, it's quality and high strike hands. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, Lester's basically a K in inning, 180 or more innings. Lots to like there, especially as you're back third, of the baseball third or I mean, as and, much as I'm a sabermetrics guy, sometimes you got to look at the back of the baseball. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about that. There's a ton to be said about it. And like you said, maybe the velocity is coming down. He has to be crafty. If anybody could be the next Tom Glavin, it could be John Lester. Like, yeah. he, could, he could get it done with not much. So, I could totally see that. Let's move on to an interesting arm. There's no more drones. He didn't play with one all last year, apparently. Uh, Trevor Bauer, the kid, you know, the, the ERA and all that stuff wasn't great, but the FIP was really good compared to his ERA. Um, Big-time strikeout stuff. 196 strikeouts in 176 in the third innings. 176 innings or more in three straight years. And this guy could be your fourth pitcher on your rotation. Um, what are your thoughts on Trevor Bauer? Uh, I think there's a lot to like here. I, I like the price as well. Just for all the points you made right there, look. It, sometimes it takes these. Look, he, he. There was a lot of hype coming out with him. You know, he had all these pitches. He was, you know, kind of a an enigma, which he was. And you know, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. He maybe he thought his shit didn't stink and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like, and as you say, if you look at the xFIP in the first half and the second half, pretty much the same guys. The ERA. Just look at the stats, break it down, and you'll see. Look, this is a guy, he, he's there. He's better than a four ERA, in my opinion. And you get the strikeouts. So if he's if he's your three, your four, the upside is there for him to be even better. So yeah, I definitely want to be involved with Trevor Bauer. Thankfully, he's not rapping anymore and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. uh yeah, he's 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 a guy, he's a person of interest. You already mentioned Johnny Cueto, who I agree. These some of these veterans are like Samarjas, Cueto's, Lester's are worth the, the attack. Uh, going in the NFBC right now, you have Cueto and Lance McCullers back to back, and they're kind of similar but different pitchers. You got Cueto with the track history, but coming off a lot of injuries last year. Before last year, basically two hundred more innings in four or five years. That's pretty darn impressive. 
And then you got McCullers, who did most of his dirty work out of the bullpen or short starts in the playoffs, but we know what he can do. We were both high on him last year. Mm-hmm. What's the thought going forward with these two this year? Look, McCullers got one of the best pitchers in in, in baseball right now. But is he going to – this is a big year for him. I think this is a make or break the, a decision where – is he is he going to end up a bullpen guy or can he be a starter? Because I think if he can't, you know, get to that one fifty this year, I think then maybe Houston or he gets tri- or something like that happens where he is either a closer or that seventh eighth inning guy, which which is another part of the, the landscape that's changing in in our pitching and how important that role has become that multiple inning guy. So I'm I'm going to split them as well. To me, it's a lot like Lester and Hill. You know, depending upon my roster construction. If I have, if I started, say, Sale and Kluber, I'm going to go with McCuller here, uh, with, with, with Lance McCullers. Shoot for that upside. You know, it, there's just too much to like if it if it hits, if it works out. I know it hasn't. And you can say, well, I mean, how many times? Fool me once, fool me twice. But he's still young. And it's not a, it's not a course where it's going to sink you if it doesn't hit. No, I like that example. Like if you want to take – if you can afford the risk or you can't, it's a great way to kind of be that final decision maker there. I like that a lot. To, yeah, and with Quato – and with regards to Quato is I, I want to have some – Quato's always out pitched his peripherals. Look, True. he was injured. He, he, he had a bad year. Uh, but I really like what the Giants are doing. I'm not trying to say that because I know you're a Giant fan. I'm, I'm not trying to say it's, – it's an old team. But I like how they're putting this together. Uh, they won World Series with not really Far good. Worse. Yeah. I mean, the teams weren't that impressive, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. But now you got McCutcheon. You got uh, Longoria, who I know is older. Nobody wants him in fantasy baseball. Everybody's moving on from him. But you add McCutcheon, you add Longoria to Posey. If Pence could kind of stay on the field here and there. Uh, you got guys like uh, Crawford at short. It's a veteran kind of team. And Bumgarner, Cueto, Samaja, these are guys that you possibly get 600 innings or circa 600 innings from that top three, which if they can do something that, even if it's 550, that's going to give them a major leg up and really help this team. And I think, not that they're going to overtake the Dodgers, but I think they're really going to give Arizona a run. They'll be involved for the second spot in the West and in that wild card this year. Exactly. That's the way I view them. I try, I try not to be a homer when I talk about it, but they're like literally those two guys made that lineup so much better because it was so bad to begin with. And, you know, that, that makes them a 500 team with a chance to, to be a little better for a wild card. So yeah, and give, one thing to, give me those pitchers in the playoffs and I'm in. Yeah. And one thing with like McCutcheon, everybody's like, well, you know, first off, let, left field, you can hit home runs there. I mean, sometimes they uh-huh. do go to die depending. But if you look what he did at PNC last year, he hit 19 homers on the road. He's going to have nine games at Coors Field. We saw what he did after, what was it, May or sometime in May. He Look, he, this guy's still only 31 years old. Exactly. Look at the year he put up last year. He had the second most homers of his career. He's not going to steal you 20 bases, probably not even 15 bases. But if he gets you circa 20, I mean, uh, 10 stolen bases with 20 home runs or more, a 280 average or more, you know, it's going to be a better team. It's going to help Posey a lot. I really – I don't have him yet. I really don't draft uh, catchers early. But this is the one year I might end up with Posey on one of my big teams. Yeah, he's finally got protection, which is good to see. Um, you just mentioned Coors Field. Let's talk about John Gray. Good young arm. Pitched actually really well in Coors Field last year, which always helps things out. 
Um, only 110 innings last year as he was battling some injuries. But uh, it looks good. Whip or a FIP of 3.18 last year, which is pretty darn outstanding. Less than a homer per nine, and you're pitching half your games in Coors Field. A lot to like about this kid. Are you looking at him in drafts? Yeah, no. Uh, I I like Gray again. I liked him last year. Uh, he got off on the wrong foot. You know, bad pun there, but that's what happened. <laughs> he had that foot injury and held him back a couple of months. This the the problem with the Rockies is they need like four more John Grays. These are the type of pitchers they need to have pitch in that park. You got to be able to have swing and miss stuff. Uh, I mean, there's so much stuff. It's it's crazy that the two years, these last two seasons, he's pitched better at Coors than on the road. So maybe now, as he's becoming more seasoned, he learns to life on the road, gets a little more accustomed to it. And if that improves, you got the makings of a kid who could take a really big step this year. I think there's just so much to like. I really don't condone going after course pitches, but I condoned it last year with Gray. I'll do it again this year. I'm not saying take him in every draft, but you definitely want to have you want to have some exposure here. You want you want a guy like him in your portfolio, and you know I know Coors is a hellish place, but you know I'm in. Yeah, no, I like what I'm seeing out of him, and he's very young. Like you said, he's still developing, so lots like there. Let's talk about two more guys that are. You know, we saw the development of Charlie Morton last year. My goodness, you already mentioned it. Where did that come from? And question is, is that dupe? Can, can we see that again? And you got a guy going right next to him in drafts, and Danny Salazar, a young arm that everybody likes, but the consistency just seems to never be there with Salazar. They're trying to trade him now. We don't know what we're going to get with Salazar, to tell you the truth. But between these two guys, are you going to think Morton can do it again, or do you trust the upside in Salazar? All things equal, look, I'm really high on Salazar. If I if I had to make one bet on who could be this year's Robbie Ray, it would be Danny Salazar. Uh, I think the stuff is that good. The swing and miss, the strikeout percentage is just off the charts. Can he, look, there's a range of outcomes. He could be a top 10 pitcher. He could be a bullpen guy, or he could be in the minors. But where he goes, I'm willing. It's, you know, price points equal profitability. So right now – I thought he might have been a little higher just because people want to be right and say, I called this. I, I, I think he broke out two, two years ago. But, you know, what's happened since then, he's got to do it again. So everything is there for him. I think Cleveland's crazy to trade him. You don't have enough pitching in today's I baseball. I think that's insane. And, and enough with Josh Tomlin. I mean, him and Clevenger, if him and Clevenger are at the back of your rotation – you got a pretty damn good rotation. Yeah. So I'm going to get – I actually already have a lot of Salazar. And as far as Morton goes, I love what Charlie Morton did last year. And uh, he came over to the Astros, was throwing mid-90s fastball. And in the playoffs, he was hitting like 99 and stuff. I mean, he was electric. Here's the thing, like McCullers, I, I, I can't pencil him in for 150 innings, which is fine, you know, where, where he's currently going in drafts. That's fine, but I can't I can't pencil him in for that. He's what 35, 36? Yeah. So it's asking yeah. a lot. I've taken him in some spots, and I do want to you know take him here or there, depending upon how I'm setting things up. I just think there's too much to like. Once again, on the best team in baseball, they seem to know what the hell they're doing with pitchers. So a lot to like with Morton. I do love Salazar's upside. Maybe I'm a little biased there. I think both these pitchers. Are priced perfectly and should, you know, a little here, a little there. 
split the baby, as they like to say. But if I had to pick one, it's Salazar for me for the potential that he has. He can be a top ten starting pitcher this year if all yeah. things work work out. It's a good fourth or fifth option to have. That's for darn sure. So uh, you gotta love that. Let's talk about a righty out of uh, LA for the Angels. The last two years, he's only made six starts each season. We know how good he can be. He's got some serious injury issues to worry about. He's supposed to be completely healthy. He did look good in his little return last year. Talking Garrett Richards, um, he's going a little bit after Morton and Salazar. Is he a guy you're willing to take a risk on this year? Yeah, I, I have. I have taken uh, Richards. I, you know, you try and kind of temper the expectations. And he's pitched what 50, 60 innings the last two yeah. seasons. Combined. I had him that breakout year. And I haven't had him since, but I've gone back in this year. I, I just think he's another guy you're hoping for 150 innings. You really can't be saying he's going to get 180 innings. I don't see that happening. Maybe he gets 160, 165 would be a home run. But if he gets you 150, you should be able to have enough replacement value, move stuff around where this stuff is that you're – also that ballpark. That's a really good ballpark to pitch in in the American League. So, uh, as much as I don't want to get overexposed to Richards, I do find myself with a lot of shares with him. But, you know, maybe I got to temper that back a little because of, you know, he just hasn't done it. He, not like he had a surgery and he's back and he's better 100%. It was encouraging watching him pitch in September. So, you know, it's for me, it's too hard to resist right now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been in on him all the time. The injuries have been killer the last two years, but the stuff, if healthy, is very, very good. Like you said, don't expect a ton. You know, they're going to do that six-man rotation for a while and everything, which might help him be there in the end for you. So, something yeah, I mean, I think it was that. last season, just so everybody knows, the last season, only 18 pitchers had 150 innings with 150 strikeouts and a sub-3 uh, ERA. I mean, a, a, a sub-350. So you're really not getting that. I think only like 25 pitchers had an under four with 150 innings. In a, you know, so that's not – you know, not a lot of people are doing this. So 150 no. innings isn't crazy. Like, if I can get Strasburg at 175 innings again, I'll sign up for that. Because I know those 175 innings are going to be terrific. You know, he, this is a guy – one of these years is going to win a Cy Young. And one year he's going to stay healthy. Yeah, I completely agree. Strasburg was darn close to doing it last year if it wasn't for this teammate he had that looked really, really good. Um, let's talk about two younger guys. We've got one in Michael Fulmer's 24, Dylan Bundy's 25, both you know big-time prospect arms for these guys, but they're not really prospects anymore. Fulmer's done it for two seasons now, sub-four ERAs both years. Just not a big strikeout guy, not even a K per inning. Then you got Bundy, on the other hand, who really gets my attention the way he threw last year, especially the second half of last year, kind of August on. He was outstanding. You know, the ERA, the FIP, not ideal, but the strikeouts and just what you saw, the development from him, I thought was tremendous. What's your thoughts on these guys coming in 18? You know, Fulmer, he's coming off the injury, but it's more like the Jacob DeGrom injury the year before, which the reason I was in on DeGrom last year was I had heard Ron Darling talk about it. He said he had got it done. Uh, like a month or two after DeGrom got it. He was fine for spring training. And then DeGrom hit 98, and everybody was, you know, he went from a fifth rounder to uh, third, late second by the time uh, we went live. Fulmer is a guy that I really don't own, but I, I get it. And he was pitching very well. 
I'm going to blame those last couple of starts on the injury. You know, I'll 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 give him that. I see I see why people want him, but for me, it's Bundy. The, I mean, he that that slide piece. It's like a whiff wonder. He's another guy that, even though you know, it was a little downtick on, on on the velocity and the four seamer. It's the fact that he made that transformation too, where it's not the fastball all the time. And I put that out. I said one of the things that popped off on the page to me was was the fastball usage over at ttmbaseball.com. Rob Silver came to me. He pointed out like the third time through the order. And I get that. But those things, when you just look at them and you don't break it down, can be a little deceiving. Look at Bundy's, you know, second half run, as you mentioned. Look at what he did. He was going six innings, pretty much time in, time out, getting the strikeouts. I know it's, look, it's it's Coors East, Camden Yards. It's not... A place to pitch. There are still, as I did in the piece, I didn't think when I was writing him up, I was going to be like slobbering over him so much. But the fact is, it, I, I've given you the good, I'll give you the bad. You know, it, it's Corsi Camden Yards, that's one. There is a fly ball pitcher still, and the hard hit rate. You know, so th- there are things, but once again, like when I argue about Salazar, I argue about Bundy and these guys, these are guys that aren't your foundation arms. These are guys exactly. that you're hoping to hit on and get a tremendous profit and ho- help you win leagues. So that's – it's going in expe- – I, I say this often, expectations are everything. It, I rarely – in the last four or five years since I started my website, I'll really – Kershaw's the one person every single year that gets a sub-3 ERA. I know other pitchers do it. I know at least a handful will do it every year. And you could say uh, back a couple of years ago, Felix should do it, or now that like, Kluber should do it. Yes, they should. Are, are they automatics for it? No. And even if you, if you draft like Chris Sale, you get like a three thirteen ERA and a boatload of strikeouts. I don't. I don't think he's striking out over three hundred guys this year, Chris Sale. I think I when I just did my initial uh, projection, which is just raw numbers, no tweaking it. I gave him 262, and somebody was like, why are you so low on the strikeout? I was like, whoa, 300 strikeouts has been done only twice since 2002 by Clayton Kershaw and Chris Sale this year. He's, he's only done that one time. I can't give him 300-plus strikeouts. I mean, and I wasn't even tweaking it, so I, I thought that was fair. 262 strikeouts, you know, who's getting that besides maybe Kluber, uh, Kershaw, and Serger? So that's in rarefied air. So, uh you know, you have to look at things and be realistic. And what are the outcomes? A lot of pitchers will have multiple outcomes. Yeah, they could win a Cy Young. They could be some guys could be in the minors. So you have to be uh, realistic. That's something I want to pound home to people. No, and that's a great point because people, you know, they see this, that, or the other, and they try to use that as their glaring reasoning for not doing something. And you got to look at a guy like Bundy. He's young. He's still developing. Like that's why I look at that second half a lot more and just look at, okay, just starting to use his pitches more that he liked this, that, and the other. And um, I think he can keep building off of that because people forget he was the top prospect they had for a while and he had a lot of injuries. So he's still coming into his own. I think there's a lot to like about the kid, um, but time will tell with that. The other thing, like you said, with the third time through the order, you said it best. He's pitching six innings. How often is he actually facing the third time through a batting order? 
Like, let's get, yeah, no, let's but, get, let's get and, real about that. Yeah, but even even so, and if, if his game continues to evolve and he continues to get better, yeah. you, you know, I, I'm looking at, at that, that second half and, and those starts. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, he was getting blasted in the sixth inning. He was going through six or even getting into the seventh inning. Yeah. And he wasn't getting blasted. And he was striking yeah. people out. You got to look at – that's why, you know, you got to break it down, see yeah. who made transformations from the first half to the second half. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Definitely, definitely is. Let's talk about a guy that is all about the good, the bad, and the ugly, but somehow I keep getting attracted back to him every draft season. It is Bundy's teammate, Kevin Gossman. He had so many good starts, so many bad starts. I believe you were one of the ones that delved in and found out one of the big reasonings was Buck Showalter didn't know the right catcher for him every time out there. But uh, Beef Wellington's not in town anymore, so hopefully Caleb Joseph is his go-to guy, and that can be tremendous. What's your thoughts on Gossman? Yeah, that wasn't me, but that's a great point. It's like it, framing does a lot. I mean, it really helps pitchers. The Dodgers have two of the best there right now with Grandal and Barnes. So that's a big plus. And, you know, with certain pitchers that have their have their personal catcher, whatever works. I think the major transformation with him and where he started getting the swing and miss was with the, was with the split and the slider. And he's a guy this year that I'm hoping with his fastballs around 65% of the time, if he can knock that down another 5% or a little more than that and increase the split and, and the slider, I don't want to hear, well, the splitters are dangerous pitch. Look, you 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 got to go what works best. At some point, you got to reach your potential. And we saw we saw that change. We Look, I drafted him uh, last season was the first year I did a high-stakes AOL-only league in the NFC, and I pulled it off. I won it. And Gossman was one of my pitchers. I benched him at one point. I couldn't cut him because it was AL only. It was yeah. a thought for a minute, but I was like, look, it's AL only. I got to put him on the bench. But he was benched. That's how bad he was that I had to bench him in AL only. And I really hate benching guys because I'm like, you know what? Unless it's like a core start, if I'm not going to start this pitcher, he shouldn't be on my them? team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? At some point, like, why am I keeping him here? If he's not startable, at some point, I got to cut bait. Only leagues are obviously different, but that's how bad he was that he was benched in an AL only league. But you got to look, you got to say what what changed, how was it? So I think this is is a kid, and it looks like the the Orioles who would Bundy they wouldn't let him throw his however you want to call it his cutter, slider, however you want to classify it. Different sites have it different ways, and and they finally finally did. They did that with Arietta, and once Arietta got traded, you know we saw what happened. So I think going into this year, the Orioles know, look, it's Bundy, it's Gosman. we got to ride with these kids. Give them whatever their best pitchers. They're not 21-year-old prospects anymore. So, you know, they don't have much in that. That pitching staff is like beyond – after that, it's, it's just beyond atrocious. Like, I mean, Texas is really bad. But, yeah. you know, so that kind of shields them. <laughs> but true. Very it's, true. It's not good after those two guys. Most definitely. Uh, I'm just gonna throw these four youngsters out there. You don't have to go deep in them. Just kind of give me a brief synopsis of what you like, who you'd take basically. But you're hearing different thoughts on Denelson Lamette. He had mixed mixed reactions last year. Blake Snell came back from the minors and threw very well in the second half. People are high on him. You got Clevenger and Taiwan Walker, who's kind of a a question mark for people at times. From those four guys, they're all getting drafted right around the same time in the, in the NFBC. Who are you looking at out of that foursome? 
I'll say this. Walker's last on my list out of this foursome. I know everybody's a Taiwan Walker. I've never really been the Taiwan Walker guy. I don't, see my, Chase Field. <laughs> yeah, I don't see myself changing now, uh, especially in in this tier. He is he's, he's the last one I would own out of the foursome. Let's start with Dilson Lament. Uh, 100 innings pitched and stuff. It's it's pretty bad. He had one of the top strikeout percentages, but he had also one of the highest walk percentages. And Dilson Lament and Mike Clevenger are kind of like AL and NL versions of guys that, you know, in limited starts, you know, 100 innings or so, the strikeouts were there, the walks were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't gotten to Lament on my site. The Mike Clevenger write-up, uh, it's pretty much – I, I broke it down, you know, his starts for 100 innings pitched by a starter or more. I, I give you all that. I, I give you a lot more to show you there. It's a guy you got to like a lot. He might start the season in the minors because he has an option. And Josh Tomlin's there. And to me, Josh Tomlin shouldn't be a roadblock for Danny Salazar or Mike Clevenger. But that's just the way it is right now. If Clevenger crushes it in uh, – in spring training, then maybe they uh, change things around. Maybe Danny Salazar is just has a horrific spring training and has to start in the minors. I, I pray to God that's not the case because I've you know I've been buying. So those two guys right there, Blake Snell, yeah, there there is a lot to be excited about here. And another thing to be excited about number one is that ballpark. It's like the catch twenty two with Chris Archer. If you take him out of Tropicana Field, where he's been dominant, I mean, he's a guy talking about home road splits. He's been oh, yeah. dominant. Like I think if he went to the National League, I, I'm shocked he's not a. As of today, he's not a Dodger or a Cub. I thought that was something, and I and I do think he gets traded this year. I don't care what the GM told him. He's just too valuable of a piece for them. They're not going to be in contention, and he's got a couple of years left. They can get a lot for him. In my in my mind, he will not finish the season as a Ray. But, like, with him, like, with, with Archer, at home, he's just so dominant. And I, I think Snell's really going to take advantage of that. We, we saw the improvements. Control's been his issue. He's got the swing and miss stuff. So, control's been his issue. And it's an issue with young, with young pitchers we see every year. That's, that's one of the things that makes them young pitchers. They, you know, yeah. they, they realize the stuff. And, you know, it, everybody matures at, at a different le- uh, level. The thing with Archer as well, two of the parks that crush Archer is Fenway and Canyon Yards. He's got like a circuit five-year right there. So Blake Snell's got to live in the American League East, which isn't easy. The thing with Clevenger, Clevenger's in the AL Central, which is horrific. Outside of his team, the Indians, only team that's going to be, in my opinion, like a 500 team compete for the wild card or maybe even the division, depending upon how they do with their pitching, is Minnesota. The other three teams are horrible. Kansas City, Detroit, the White Sox. You know, it's that's 19 games each they're playing against those teams. So if you want to just look at it from that type of division, that's a big plus for Clevenger. Lament at home was fantastic. He's got issues, uh, you know, lefty-righty splits as well. But I think this is a kid that can take a huge step. Uh, I've been going – it's more like Lament, Clevenger, Snell – but for me, it's a hodgepodge. I think you want to get a little of each. Yeah. Walker, I'm really not that interested in. Yeah, I've never been a Walker guy. I've never understood the love for him, but that's the beauty of fantasy sports to each their own. Um, 
this one I wanted to – one of the last guys I want to talk about here, Lucas Giolito. We know he came over uh, in the uh, to the Nationals in the Adam Eaton deal. S- was their number one pick, number one prospect at one time. He scuffled with the White Sox, but he kind of started figuring it out mm. late in the second half, and there's some high expectations for him this year. Um, are you going to take any gambles on Lucas Giolito? I think he's going a little higher than I like, but I'm not out on Giolito, uh, just as far as the talent and stuff. I know people are going to say, well, you know, look at the left on base percentage he had in, in those starts. Okay, but the kid's got talent. He was one of the top arms just a couple of years ago. Uh, the White Sox, I'm going to throw him out there. They're the team, uh, you know, rebuilding a lot of good young talent. They got Kopech coming. So I'm not adverse to Giolito. I think his price might be – I'd like him a little more discounted, if that makes sense. I'm trying to think exactly where he's going. There's other arms there I might take ahead of him, but I don't think you should be ignoring Giolito. Uh, I, I think you did see him make some uh, make some steps, even if some of it's luck-aided. You know, confidence, a lot of things I like, with, especially prospects – is even if they fail their first time around, if they get that September exposure with the team, I did it with Gene Secura uh, a few years back. I've done it even the year with Mike Trout. I love that, whatever, he batted 200 or less, but he got to play with the team. He was with the team. He got that experience. He went on the road with the team. He saw what the MLB lifestyle was, and that's a major thing. So now the next season when you start, you're not that you're still a rookie, but you're not a rookie to at least that process. No, definitely. I, I do like that point. Um, what, last little comparison I want to make here is we could talk pitching all day, but we don't need to. Um, two lefties going pretty late, 240 and 250 overall. You have Patrick Corbin, who you know some are scared of. There's some interesting splits when you look at him. But uh, all in all, he was actually better at home than on the road, which is pretty mm-hmm. crazy where he pitched. About a K and inning guy, around a four ERA, which at that point in the draft, you're not going to scoff at at all. Um, and then you got Jordan Montgomery again for the Yankees. Outstanding, obviously. Good rookie season. Seemed to kind of back off towards the end of the year, but still really, really good. It's got you 155 innings, almost a K inning there. What's your thoughts on these two? Yeah, I like both of these guys. I like both of these lefties. I just finished the Patrick Corbin write-up over at T10Baseball.com, and I put the problem with projecting Patrick Corbin. It's Patrick Corbin. And you see it in intervals. He had an 11-start stretch last year where he was just dominant. Uh, I mean, everything you want to see. The strikeout percentage, round ball percentage. I mean, he just crushed it. And if Danny Maduro does get installed there, you really got to like it. So I, I do want to be in on Corbin. Montgomery was a guy I liked. I had him in my AL only and in mixed leagues. And as you said, I, I think he had a really good rookie season. I mean, it's a rookie campaign for the, for the kid. I like him a lot. I'll lean Corbin, but either getting either one at their price is like you said, two forty, two fifty. That's that's you know, that's profitability. Yeah. All right, Matt. That wraps up the list we had put together here. Um any kind of last minute guys you're looking at that we didn't mention or um they can just check out ctmbaseball.com. Uh I mean well, let's see. If you're doing uh the guy on the A's, uh Daniel Megden. We yeah. didn't talk about him. I think he's somebody you should go look up. He's a person of interest. Uh, I think he's got some, you know, if you're looking later on, you know, probably like he's going, say, 25th round or maybe a little later. 
Here's a guy in the American League. I'm just trying to think of something ahead. Another guy in the National League would be a Nick Pavetta. I'm not saying I'm a believer in Nick Pavetta, but I'll speculate on him, which he should have that rotation spot. He did some nice things late with the swing and miss. I'm an ex-FIP guy. I think it's more predictive. So I look towards the ex-FIP. Uh, and Brad Peacock, I know he's, he's starting to really tumble now. But for me, if you take a Charlie Morton or a Lance McCullough, as in fantasy football, he's their handcuff. Yep. They don't make it. He's coming in. And even later, the other young – and Forrest Whitley might be in the top um, in the minors right now. And when the GM came out and said he's not coming to camp because we want to manage him if we need to bring him up, that's that's pretty encouraging. And the kid on the Dodgers, Walker Bueller, they brought him up last year, put him in the bullpen. These are a couple of um, speculate late on, especially in the draft champions uh, format. And, you know, let's play ball. I'm stoked next week, pitches and catches report. And as always, it's a blast talking to you. Yeah, it is go time, Matt. It's a blast. Like you said, we will definitely, as always, do this again. Hopefully mid-season we can do a little chat, maybe find a movie or a TV show we can talk about to spice it up a little bit. I don't know. We'll yeah, hoping, I, I know Westworld's coming back in April, and I'm hoping that second season's good. I thought the first one was phenomenal, but I'm a little nervous the second one might not be so good. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the trailer yesterday on the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I, I like I said I was a big fan of the show. I even went back and watched the 1973 movie, which is totally different. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm hoping that it's good again. That's what I'll say. I'm going to go in there uh, optimistically. There's no Game of Thrones, like you said. So. Yeah, we got to find something. So, yeah, hopefully it is. I'm with you. Hopefully it's good, and we'll figure it out. But until then, everybody, again, follow him on Twitter, at CTM Baseball. Always great information. Go to his website, ctmbaseball.com. He's on FNTSY Radio doing all kinds of awesome stuff there. But, Matt, again, thanks for joining us, and we'll definitely do it again. Thanks, brother. Look forward to it. Good luck this year in baseball. You as well. Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 69. We will catch you guys next time.